0: Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Good morning. Welcome to church. Welcome to everybody who's online. It's a good day in the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we're just so thankful. We're so thankful that we have you. We have your spirit within us. Father God, you do lead us and guide us into all truth. You are the one and only true God, and we do praise you, and we do worship you. And this morning, Father, as I'm up here speaking, I just pray as speakers and oracles of God, Father God, that your spirit gives me the words at the right time in the due season, Father God, to minister your truth to us all. Father God, that we hear your love, your power, your strength. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, continuing on with the, the one who answers by fire, our scripture is in 1 Kings 18, verses 21 and 24. And what I found kind of interesting is when I was looking at this, how important was our words? So in 1 Kings 18.21, it says, Elijah came near to all the people and said, now, if you go further back in it, he had told Ahab to gather all of Israel. Now, I don't know what all of Israel means, because that's like several million people. But whoever was there, he said, gather all of Israel to come. And so he came near to all the people and said, how long are you halted and limp between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people did not answer him a word. In verse 24, Then you shall call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the one who answers by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered, It is well spoken. There's an the interesting thing about declaration Elijah, and it says that he was a man of like passions. In other words, everything about Elijah is no different than us. So you could put yourself in his shoes very easily. And he looked at all was going on, and he says, let the God who answers by fire. Now, we don't have anything here that tells us that the Lord said, hey, I'm going to answer by fire, so go and do this. He just says, let the God who's going to answer by fire be God. And then he went, built the altars, poured the water, and God responded. What did he respond to? He responded to faith. Not the faith of the people who wouldn't talk, but the faith of Elijah. So the interesting thing about words, and I've, I've taught on this before, but it comes back around because I find in our lives, and right now Luann and I are going through some situations where words are becoming more and more important because we're getting reports. And these reports are coming back and they're not these words of great encouragement, right? So what do I have to do? I have to encourage myself in the Lord. So I have to bring out those words of faith and truth over myself as well as my wife. Because you know, just a little bit ago when I was standing up here praying, I got this feeling in my gut like I got nothing. You know, I got nothing, but you know, I don't have to have anything, the spirit of God. So I just have to yield unto him. In this case, this is what Elijah did. Now, I want to take you to a scripture that I, I didn't have written down, Ian, sorry. But uh, Malachi 3, Lord gave me to this uh, just a little bit ago. Malachi 3 and verse 6. We need to take comfort in this. I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. I am the Lord thy God, and I change not. So I'm telling you something. We've kind of gotten away from some of the old Bible stories because they're the Old Testament, right? That was the Old Covenant. We're under grace. But you know, those stories tell us an awful lot. There was a God who answered by fire. There was a God who split a sea. There was a God who raised a widow's son. But it took a person to be there to do that. See, in this better covenant that we have with the Father right now, with the Holy Spirit living within us, you remember in the Old Testament, the Spirit was upon the priest, the prophet, and the king, right? So the rest of the people had to rely on the priest, the prophet, and the king, pretty much what they had. That same Spirit, which raised Christ from the dead, now dwells in you and quickens your moral body. What else does he do? The power, according to Ephesians, that is in us, works through us. Now, maybe we're not going to be bringing down fire on things, but that was a different time. But the thing is, the God's the same. He hasn't changed. And we just need to realize that, that when Jesus was here, he was showing us that God has not changed. He was just now in human form. And he was showing us what we needed to be. So let's go to the end, last week at the end of the service, I got to uh, Mark 5.35. Let's go to Mark 5.25, I'm sorry. So we know just before that, Jairus had come to Jesus, pleading for his daughter's life because she was sick. And so they were on their way to Jairus's house. Now, the story behind that, when you read it in the Amplified, the people around Jesus so much it was as if he was suffocating. So, you know, we've gone to the fair, right? A lot of people around. I don't know that we've ever been like in New York where you're like this, and you're getting into subways. That is what it describes Jesus as being on his way to Jairus' house. So he's being pushed, shoved as he's walking forward. And Jairus is right at his side. And then this woman, Came up behind him who had this flow of blood for 12 years. She endured much suffering under the hands of many physicians and had spent all she had and was no better, but continued to grow worse. Okay, verse 27. She had heard the reports concerning Jesus. How do you hear reports? Somebody's got to be talking. Somebody's got to be talking. And she came up behind him in the throng and touched his garments, for she kept saying, if I only touch his garments, I shall be restored to health. And immediately her flow of blood draws dried up at the source, and suddenly she felt in her body that she was healed of her distress and ailment, and he is the Lord God who changes not. You know, if, if you're in financial straits that same God that provided for Israel, that knows where the cattle on a thousand hills, that knows where all the gold and the silver is, He's that same God that's here today. Do you believe it? Unbelief is a horrible thing. So Mark 35, then or 5:35, while He was speaking to the woman, and you realize, remember, He turned to her and He says, "Woman, thy thy faith, not my garment, not my word, thy faith has made you well." go and be healed of all your plague. While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house one who said, your daughter died, don't bother the teacher. Overhearing but ignoring what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, what does he say? Do not be seized with alarm or struck with fear. I'm in Amplified, so I've got more words. Do not be seized with alarm or struck with fear. Only keep on believing. Now, how many of you got the book, Mastering the Silence, from Doug Jones? Wow. The rest of you need to get it. (laughs) You know, the thing is, what I have found through some of the battles I've been through in my life and some of the stuff that's going on now, is that it's easy to be seized with alarm and to be struck with fear now where does that come where do you feel that you feel it right in here and it gets you right up there and who is dealing with this up here the devil this is going to happen this is going to happen oh you remember this oh you remember that oh this oh that and if you want to stay there (laughs) Pardon my French, but he will kick your butt from one end to the other. Because you cannot fight him in your head. He is unrelenting. You know, I wrestled. Good, Josh, I was going to put him in a pinhole. and no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I wrestled in high school. And, um, you know, once you got an opponent going backwards on his heels, You didn't step back and say, go ahead and get your stance again. You took him all the way down. And you rode him into the mat. You pushed his nose into the mat. You did everything you could to take the wind out of him and make him feel defeated from the beginning. And that's what the devil does in your head. Now, the only way that you can fight back against that is with your mouth. And you have to build yourself up in your most holy faith. And the only way you're going to do that is with your mouth and the words that you speak. Oh, preacher, you're talking faith. Well, you know what? Faith speaks. Faith is also a rest. You know, if you don't have faith, it's hard to rest because you're always, things are just always rolling around. So anyway, he went to J.R.'s house, and he had permitted only a few to accompany him, right? He picked him, James, John, Peter. He got in there, and they laughed at him because he said that she was not dead but only sleeping, and he put them out of their house. And when I ended the uh, lesson last, last week, I said, sometimes you have to kick some people out of your life. And that's true. If you don't have people that are going to speak faith with you and believe with you and encourage you in your faith, you don't need them. Yeah, but they're my friends. Really? I mean, honestly. Yeah, but I've known them for 100 years. Yeah. But are they helping you in this instance? Or are they helping you into defeat? So Mark 11... 22 this is a scripture we we talk about a lot it's been taught taught and taught but mark 11:22 says and jesus replying said to them have faith in god and the amplified it says constantly truly i tell you that whoever says to this mountain be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt at all in his heart but believes that what he says will take place, it will be done for him. For this reason, I am telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you, and you will get it. So what's he telling us to do? Oh, woe is me. Oh, the end is near. Oh, I'm going broke. No. No. He's telling you to speak the word of faith over your situation and tell that thing to get out of your way. Cause that same God who answers by fire is the same God that lives in you right now by the Holy ghost. And your words have power. They have power. If I can't drive anything else across in this thing, the power that is in you can only be used when it comes out of your mouth. Says whenever you stand praying, then he says, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, let it drop. You know why you do that? Because the devil will be right there. Yeah, but you know, Marshall said that nasty thing about you the other day. You know, and you need to dwell on that for a little bit because you know Marshall's just a rotten guy. So what happened to my prayer, Marshall? I forgive you, buddy. I really do. But no, you've got to have that place. You've got to be free. You know, you've got to be free of doubt. You've got to be free of fear. You've got to be free of unforgiveness. You've got to be. And the only way you get that way is when you speak the word of faith. Because what, what does the scripture say? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now, I'm going to guarantee you, Mark 11, 22, 23, and 24 works for the devil just as good as it works for God, What is coming out of your mouth about your situation? I don't care what it is. What is coming out of your mouth? What are you building yourself up with? Got to build yourself up with the faith of God. Daniel 3. Forgive me if I get a little fired up. Sometimes I wish the devil was standing right here and I could just right in the nose. (laughs) But this works better. (laughs) Daniel 3 and verse 14. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had been brought before him because they wouldn't bow to his image. It says, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if you're ready and you hear all this noise, then do it and bow down. It'll be good for you. If not, you're going to go into the fiery furnace. Verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, so the three of them, answered the king, O Nebuchadnezzar. It's not necessary for us to answer you in this point. What it says in the King James, it's not necessary for us to be careful. We're going to tell you the truth. Verse 17, if our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image which you have set up. So what happened here? They began to speak some things out, knowing that there was a consequence coming. We don't have too many consequences in this country for speaking out the truth. They were about to lose their lives or be tested in a way that nobody's ever been tested in their life. So it says that Nebuchadnezzar in verse 19 was full of fury and his facial expression was changed against them. He commanded the furnace to be heated seven times hotter and he commanded the strongest men of the army to bind them and to cast them in the burning fiery furnace with all their clothes. It's interesting that it puts in their, they're bound with their cloaks, their tunics, their undergarments. I mean, why would we care about their underwear? but their undergarments, their turbans, and their other clothing. And they were cast into the midst of the fiery furnace. Because it was urgent and fierce, the furnace was so hot, it killed the men who threw them in there. They fell down into the burning fiery furnace. And then the king saw and was astounded, and he jumped up and said to his counselors, did we not cast three bound into the midst of the fire? Well, yeah, king. Behold, I see four men loose and walk in, in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the son of the gods, he says. The King James says the son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth and says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, your servants of the most high God, come out from there. And they came out from the midst of the fire. And they gathered around them and saw that the fire had no power upon their bodies, nor was the hair of their head singed, neither were their garments scorched, or changed in color or condition, nor had even the smell of smoke clung to them. Then you see why it was important to know about all the clothes. Because when they came out, everything they went in with came back out. And they couldn't see any damage. They'd been different. They'd been burned off of them. They were walking out like newborn babes, but no, nothing. <laughs> See, this is the God that is in you. I wish I could get more of an amen, but this, this is the God that is in you. This is the God that is in me. The Holy One of Israel lives in me by the Spirit of the living God. Um, this is in my notes, but Ephesians... You know, you get off your notes, you never know where you're going to go. So in Ephesians 3, in the Ephesians prayer, starting at verse 19, it says, And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all. See, filled with all. What does all mean? Okay. That's good. All the fullness of God. Verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages. Amen. It's in you. Thing is, the only way you can let it out is out of your mouth because you've got to let that out of your mouth in order for these hands to work. If I were to call somebody up here and to to lay hands on them, it would be kind of important for me to speak the word of faith to them and say, the Lord has called me to have you come up, and I'm going to lay hands on you, and you will be made whole. Now, if I just tell somebody, come on up here, go and be well, have I helped build their faith up? Have I helped build my faith up? You know, there's there's a story. I love this story. There's an Assembly of God pastor that went to uh, Sri Lanka, I believe it was. And he wasn't, you know, he's pretty basic Assembly of God. He, he wanted the goodness of God. He wanted people saved. But in the middle of his service, in the middle of his message, he says, "There's two people here in the blind, blind and the right eye that need to be healed." And he had to stop for a second because that's not part of his notes. (laughs) And there was a commotion and two people came down. And so he walked up to the one he put his hand on him and he prayed a prayer of faith for him. He pulled his hand off and they did the thing where they checked the eyes and he was healed. Went to the second guy. And I love the way he put it. He says, I looked at the next guy and he says, I went cold as a frog. The southern term. Because he says, there's no eye. And so he's looking at at this hole, the socket. And he looks back at one of the guys and says, what's this? The guy looks over and says, well, I think he's blind in the right eye. (laughs) (laughs) He, He says, there was no, he said, I didn't feel any faith in me. He says, "But God had put it on my heart to call up two people that were blind in the right eye. He laid hands on the eye on the guy. He pulled his hand back, and there was a beautiful eye looking back at him. This is the power of God. If we are obedient and willing to speak things out, because you know the fear is what would happen if no eye came back. What's the fear?" Well, people are going to think I'm a fraud. No. God calls you to do something, you better do it. And it's not just for that person, it's also for you. Because the next time he calls you to do something, it's going to be like you're going to race down from the pulpit and say, come on, (laughs) let's get this on. I love that story. And then the other part of that story was great. He went back to his church he told the, the congregation about what had happened, and a couple of the guys in the congregation, that's, no, no, that didn't happen. You're telling us stories. Happens to go to Sri Lanka on a missions trip shortly after that. Gets over there doing his thing, and he hears this noise, whoosh, a lot of people talking. Dude, what's going on? He says, oh, you got to come over here. He says, Bubba's back. Bubba. Yeah, Bubba, he went to that church meeting a month ago. And he got a new eye. (laughs) Testimony. Guy had to come back and apologize to his pastor. It was good for him. But that same God that answers by fire heals eyes. He fills pocketbooks. The woman who had lost her husband, her kids are about to be sold into slavery. What did the man of God, tell her to do. Send your kids out, borrow jars. Well, I've just got enough oil to make bread, and then we're going to die. Tell your boys to go out and gather jars, and not a few. And she just started pouring oil. He didn't rain money from heaven. He took what she had, and multiplied it because she was obedient to the man of God who had confidence in the creator to do what he said was going to happen. And they filled up every jar till there was none left, and they sold it. Her kids were bought out of slavery, and they lived on the excess. That's our God. That's our God. He still answers. I want you to know that I'm encouraging myself with this. 1 John 5.14, pastor sent this to me. And it was so encouraging. It says, and this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness which we have in him. We are sure. Of what he gave me he didn't have as many words. We are sure. You get that? We are sure. That means we are certain that if we ask anything, make any request according to his will, is healing his will his prosperity his will our good relationships his will if we pray according to these things in agreement with his own plan he listens to and hears us and since we positively i love the amplified it you know and since we positively know that he listens to us in whatever we ask we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted us as our present possessions the requests made of him. How, I mean, you, you get a hold of that. You know, I, we gotta get a hold of that for our own. You know, we don't, you know, we're going through this thing with Luan right now, and it just I just, devil, you're such a liar. We have what we ask when we ask according to his will. The same God who answers by fire, answers by fire in our bodies to destroy things that don't belong there. That's a fact. But do you believe it? See, what, what, what God got after the Israelites about was their unbelief. He says they could not, and we heard in Hebrews last week, they could not enter into their rest because of their unbelief. Belief, unbelief is such a horrible thing. Um, I was reading Bob Yandian newsletter he sent out the other day, and he was talking about the um, child that was um, attacked by demons and was thrown into the fire, and the disciples couldn't get the demon out. And one of the things that God, Jesus told them says, "You fail." How- Where's your faith? And so he says. However, this thing, this does not come out by except by um, fasting and prayer. Well, I I thought about that for a while. I thought about it for a long time. I finally read what Bob Yandian says. It wasn't that the demon was affected. It was their faith. They needed to spend time in prayer and fasting to build up their faith, because what happened was, when you read the story, the crowd was around. They're going, what you going to do? How come it's not working? Boy, you guys must be frauds. I'm not seeing anything happen here. And they got concerned. They got concerned. Uh, you kind of have to read into the story there. They're looking and say, let's take you to Jesus. <laughs> Doubt and unbelief can only come out by prayer and fasting, and then by acting on what you believe. Because there's going to be people that look in your face and they're going to say, I don't believe that. Well, that's pretty active unbelief. There's also passive unbelief. That's nice. They'll tell you that. That's nice. And then they'll go about their way Did you hear what he said? He said, God's going to do something for him. They didn't have the guts to say it up there, but they'll start talking about it back here. That passive unbelief can be around you with people you associate with. Who we put in our lives is so important to how we grow. Jesus gathered 12. One was a thief and a betrayer he gathered 12. And then others came on. He made a comment about eating his body and drinking his blood and 120 left. And he looked at the other 12 and he says, well, are you going to go? And they said, Lord, where would we go? See, they made a choice. Lord, where am I going to go? See, every day we have to make a choice in our faith. Where are we going to go? Where are you going to go with your faith? What are you believing for and what are you going to stand on and what are you going to settle for? That's the hardest part. What are you willing to settle for? And that's why friends have to come alongside. And really, it's like I've heard before, and it's a good saying, you've got to have four crazy friends. You've got to have four friends that will pick you up on a pallet carry you to a house, and if they can't get in the front door, they're going to go up and tear the roof off. And they're going to let you down in there. And Jesus is going to look up, and he's going to see their fa- You know, he didn't see his faith. Did you ever notice that? He looked up, and he saw their faith. Get yourself four crazy friends. You need them. Friends that you can count on. Friends that will come beside you in prayer. We don't need prayer chains. I don't need a hundred people praying, if it be thy will, Lord. I don't need a hundred people not really caring, but just, well, I'm on the prayer chain, so I'll, I'll pray. I need friends that are going to come alongside. They're going to lay hands on me, or are going to lay hands on my wife, or are going to lay hands on whoever's around there, and they're going to come alongside, and they're going to say yes to God, to the God who answers by fire to the God who drills into the depths of our bodies. We talked about last week about the armor. You need to check my armor. Because if you don't check my armor, I love the picture, you've probably seen it, where the guy says, I'm so surrounded by the armor, God, the devil can't touch me. And then an arrow comes right through the visor. Pride. You need to check my armor. You need to help me. I don't mean help me do things. I mean, am I, am I right? Am I right in what I'm saying? Am I right in what I'm doing? Can you see anything in my life that gets in the way? Has the Lord given you some insight in me that I've missed? And i got to be willing to say, bring it on. Help me tighten it up. Help me know where I need to go to the Father and ask for forgiveness where I may have missed it. God is so good. He is faithful and just to forgive all my sins if I'm willing to confess them to him. But sometimes I miss things. Rick, you shouldn't have said that. What did I say? Well, you said, oh, Father, forgive me, for I should not have said that. 2 Corinthians 10.3, it says, For though we walk, live in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh using mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and the destruction of strongholds. Inasmuch as we refute arguments, excuse me, theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ the Messiah, the anointed one. The word refute says to overthrow by argument that does not mean to argue with yourself in your head. Get your voice out there and argue with the devil. And I don't mean argue like, I want to hear your point, devil. No. No. Argue means speak the word only. Just like the centurion servant said. He said, just speak the word only because I'm a man under authority. That's how we argue with the devil. Not shut up, devil. Because the word says, Shut up, devil. I have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead in me. He dwells in me and quickens my mortal body. I have the mind of Christ, and I hold his thoughts and passions and desires. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. It's coming. (laughs) Oh, when Jesus was talking to the disciples in Matthew 17, 17, Jesus answers, Oh, you unbelieving, warped, wayward, rebellious, and thoroughly perverse generation. (laughs) How long am I to remain with you? And how long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him. The boy was cured instantly. And the disciples came to Jesus and asked privately, Why could we not drive it out? And he said, Because of the littleness of your faith, that is your lack of firmly relying trust. You've got to build your faith up. I cannot build your faith up. You can't build my faith up. You can help me. I can help you. I hope I'm helping you now. But you have to build your faith up. It says build yourself up in your most holy faith. How are you gonna do that if you just live in your head? People who think you're crazy walking, you know, um, um, Gloria Copeland, they were broke as broke could be. She's pushing a shopping cart down the aisle. She only has X number of dollars. She's got a list this big but she knows she only has so many dollars. She's walking down that that cart that aisle. She gets to the cash register. She had enough money for everything in there and it was everything she needed. But she was not quiet. She wasn't going down the aisle. Oh, I don't know if I can get that cereal for the kids. Oh, I don't know if I could do that for, the, for Ken. Oh, I need those things, but I... No, praying in the Holy Ghost out loud in the grocery store, walking down the house, pulling stuff off there, and God answered with the promise and met her needs. Build yourselves up with these. These stories, because if he did it for Gloria Copeland, he'll do it for you. God is no, is He a respecter of persons? No, none. He doesn't care if you've got the biggest TV ministry in the world or if you've got a church of five. The same God is there. Wow, the time went. (laughs) So, God is good, God is powerful. He is the same God that answered by fire on on Mount Carmel with Elijah. He is the same God that raised people from the dead back in the Old Testament. He is the same God that raises people from the dead in the New Testament. We have a better covenant. Encourage yourselves with this. You have a better covenant covenant than they had. And if you don't live in it, you're in sin. Whoa, what does that mean? He has called you to live in the covenant. You're not supposed to live like a poor, broke kid anymore. You're supposed to live in the fullness of God because the fullness of God indwells you. Father, we give you thanks this day. We give you praise. Thank you for your spirit. Glory to God. Thank you for the blessing of being your children. Thank you for your spirit that lives and dwells in us, Lord. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Father, the spirit of faith is upon us. And we just give you praise and thanksgiving. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.